Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know, because that was me, before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. Stress is a topic I talk about often on the show because it has such a huge effect on our health. Of course, when it comes to stress, there are certain things that we have control over and others that we may not. But the important thing to remember is that no matter what is in our control, the way we feel and the emotions that we experience are things that we can control. And so I'm so excited to have a very dear friend and colleague, Anat Perry, joining me to talk about emotional resilience because we need this now more than ever. I've actually known Anat for almost my whole life, since eighth grade to be exact, and grown quite a bit together. Anat is a transformational coach who specializes in developing her clients' emotional resiliency as they take inspired action. With over 15 years of experience in developmental work, Anat has helped hundreds of people create the life that they desire. Her work teaches people to use their emotions as allies to uncover what they truly want in life and propel them to more success and really true deep happiness. Anat, I am so excited to finally have you on. Welcome. Yay. Thank you. Yeah, we've been on quite a life journey together. (laughs) For sure. So I am really looking forward to talking about how we can better move through fear, anxiety, and scarcity during these times. So first, let's talk a little bit about suffering because, you know, in order for us to experience, you know, things and want to move out of it, we need typically something bad, right? So what do you think creates the suffering? Yeah. So suffering happens when you are in an argument with reality. When you don't want to accept the reality of what's happening, whether it's externally or internally, as far as how you are feeling and you resist it, or you wish it was different, or you wish it was go, it would go away, or you wish this coronavirus thing would end and circumstances would change. Every time we are arguing with it, we are denying that it is actually the present moment experience. We are therefore suffering. That is what causes the suffering, the lack of acceptance of what is. It's a place of loss of power. There's a real loss of power. So even that is like even more, it's this helplessness, hopelessness when we want, wish, desire something to be different than it is. That's what creates the suffering. And I mean, this is something that is super common. I mean, how often do we hear people say, I wish things were different. I wish it wasn't like this. I wish I was here or not there or whatnot, right? Uh, All the time. I'm sure for people, it's a constant. Yeah. That's why emotional resiliency is so important. And if I were to define that, emotional resiliency to me and how I teach to my clients is um, building your ability, your capacity to be with any emotion 
because the situations that happen to us um, or around us create an experience, an emotion, right? And so your ability and capacity to be with um, any emotion will prepare you to be with anything that life hands you. And therefore, there is resiliency there. You can handle and be resilient through any circumstance. And as we can see right now, that is not the case in, in the world. Um, and that's why I was like, you know, we got to do this. <laughs> People need this. Absolutely. Now, speaking also of emotions, there is a difference between emotions and sensations, right? Yes, as as we as humans know it and treat it. Um, so I'll, I'll start by sharing I, the perspective and the context that I give to emotions. What we know as emotions is like I'm sad, I'm happy, I'm you know I'm in pain, I'm excited, I'm angry, right? I'm frustrated, I'm scared, and these are labels that we learned when we received language. But the definition uh, of emotion, in Latin, emotion actually translates to energy in motion. So our emotions are their, their energy, the vibration. And you, you know this with your son. I mean, now he has language, but when he was a baby, um, there was just the expression of this energy that he was feeling and it would come out as laughter or crying or whining. And as language comes up and, and, and we start to interact with our kids with language and they're laughing, we don't say to them, why are you laughing? But if they're crying, we say, why are you crying? And in that moment, we're already training our children to um, what I call go up into our heads and question what we're feeling as opposed to going down deeper into just being with it like they were with it when they were a baby. Uh, and, and what happens then is that we all are also teaching them and we've all learned this, that there's emotions that are okay, that are good, positive, right? And then there's the ones that are quote unquote negative, like why am I feeling this way? I shouldn't be sad or I shouldn't be angry or um, anxious. And so again, what happens is if we just see our feelings as this label of emotion, most likely we're going to move up to our heads with it and start to analyze it and question it. And that creates more disconnect from what it is. Um, there's a saying that analysis paralysis, right? The more you analyze something, the more paralyzed you become. And so this is, this is what most of us learned. Most of us were learned, were, were taught this by, by mom and dad. And um, so it's no wonder that we are experiencing this chaos right now that a lot of people are experiencing what is happening in their world and in the world as chaos. Mother Nature has a plan. She's, she's done surviving her children, all of us, not loving ourselves, each other, and the planet. And so we're all grounded and it's time for us to uh, 
to go within. <laughs> so it's a great way to think about it. Yeah, I, I really see that. I, I really, really do. In the age of Aquarius, we're entering the age of Aquarius, and I feel we've been operating um, in society in the world over the past hundreds of years in very like masculine energy of survival, fight, go, go, go. The energy now is really calling forth more of the feminine, the mother, the unconditional love. And so we need that balance and creating this uh, chaos that's happening. This coronavirus has had us all have to stop and learn to be instead of the masculine, I can force and I can push through and I can go, go, go. Uh, And I think, you know, what's interesting there though is you know, I think it's a good lesson, right, for people to stop and see and hopefully look within. I think the problem is that a lot of people don't know how to do that. And so that's where it creates a lot of the turmoil and everything else that we're feeling, which is, of course, why you're here and what you're going to help us with. Yeah, more and more suffering. Yeah, how people have handled suffering um, to this day is uh, distracting themselves, getting busy, or controlling and forcing their way out of the situation. And we don't have that much available of that anymore to us you know, other than uh, Netflix and, you know, the internet, which has served us. That's why we're able to do this now. So thank you for technology, uh, not getting the coronavirus. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an opportunity. And that is why I'm here. So coming back to the question of emotions and sensations. So again, seeing emotions as energy and motion. And then the other, the metaphor that I want to give everyone for their emotions, their feelings, what they're experiencing, is I want you to think of that part of you as a child, as your child. So those of you that are parents, well, you have another one. Those of you that aren't, well, now you are. And it's time for you to learn how to mother yourself, um, how to be that loving, unconditional, accepting of what it is that you're experiencing whether you were taught that or not. And the truth of it is most of us were not taught that. And so that's why I really want to give that metaphor, that context that every time you're feeling something, picture this little, you know, your little self is coming over to you and she's sad or he's sad. And what would you have wanted and needed for mom in those early years? You would have wanted her presence, her acceptance of what you're experiencing, her love and her curiosity instead of let me solve this and fix this, but let me just be curious with what you're experiencing. And so this is the opportunity to unlearn what we learned and give ourselves the right learning that we needed of how to parent um, our emotions, our inner child. So that's emotions. Now, sensations is one layer deeper. So when, you're, when your son comes to you and, set, and has a tummy ache, it usually more comes out as, mommy, I have a tummy ache. How? Right? He even emotes the energy of what he's experiencing. He's allowing that to be expressed in voice. And so uh, there's a sensation there. We've all had tummy aches. We all know what they feel like. It's like a tight ball in our stomach and 
Um, maybe it has a temperature, uh, um, a size to it. It's moving slow or it's stuck. And so this is sensation. To be with something at the level of sensation is to bring it, is to observe it at its forms. Does it have a temperature, a color, a texture, a size, uh, a, a vibration, right? Is it moving? Um, so right now we could all practice this. Um, if, you, if you're wearing socks or if your feet are on the floor, I want you to put all your attention on your feet on the floor or your feet in your socks or shoes. And if you put all your attention there, you're present to the sensation that's there, right? And this is the subtle like sensation. Like right now for me, um, my feet are cold. They usually are. <laughs> cold in my socks, um, fuzzy. There's, there's a, the size of it is, is medium that I feel that sensation in. And so this is what it is to be with something at the level of sensation. So I'm going to give one other metaphor. I love metaphors, right? So I want you to think of yourself as a garden and the things that trigger you, the things that you don't want to feel, that you wish were gone, like that anxiety or that fear or that doubt or that sadness. These are weeds in your garden. And um, when you have that experience and you take it up to your head and you're like, why is this happening? I don't want this to, I'm just going to go eat some ice cream or I'm going to turn on the TV or I'm going to distract myself. What you're doing is you're getting a moment of relief from it by ignoring it. And so it's like going to the garden and trimming that weed. <laughs> what happens when you trim a weed? Grows right back very grows quickly. Right, very quickly, right? So there you are again. You go to bed at night after spending the whole evening distracting yourself and you can't sleep because there's that thing, right? So it'll come back. Exactly. Um, so that's like going from emotion up to our head, right? And uh, now sensation is like, well, instead, let's go to the garden and let's get to the root of this weed. Let's get to it at the level of where it started as an energy so it can clear itself out. And so this is, this is where people can gain their power back. And I've had clients say once they finally do this, and I, I had a client his dad was killed when he was five years old, was murdered, and he's 50 now. So for, we just worked with him a few weeks ago. Um, for 45 years, has been holding on to this heartbreak and pain. And when he finally allowed himself to fully feel it, sit with that heartbreak, sit with the pain, sit with the layers of sadness and anger and all of it, he came out high, like blissed out. So much joy, so much love. He couldn't believe it. Wow. He was like, whoever thought my pain could feel so good on the other side. And Joseph Campbell um, said this, uh, quote, um, bliss is any feeling felt all the way through. And so we unfortunately um, have been programmed by our parents who are programmed by their parents and you know it's time to break that program 
to go more into our heads and ask why, as opposed to go deeper into it and that it is safe and that it is part of the human experience and very normal. If your son, if you went a day when he was, let's say, six months old without him crying or laughing, would you be concerned, Ina? For sure. Yeah, right? Yet we get older and we start to, you know, like, why are you crying? <laughs> why? Right? So it's a programming that we've we've had for so long. And so we lost touch with how simple and easy and quick it could actually be to move through an emotion. When you really allow it and give it permission, there's been studies on this. You guys can Google it. 90 seconds. Yes. When you finally fully give it permission, which I, which getting to that level of permission is like digging down in the dirt. And where the hell does this root start? And that may take a little longer. And that's the like, how, like, how much can you keep being with it and being with it and being with it, being with the next layer of it and the next layer of it. And that's what I, you know, teach people that I work with. Yeah, no. And that makes so much sense. And I mean, I think your analogy with the garden, the weeds, it, it really, really makes a lot of sense. So let's go through how someone would do that. So first, you know, like you said, we numb ourselves a lot. We distract, we do different things because I think oftentimes People, like you said, don't know how to feel it or may not feel safe enough to feel it. So before we talk about how people can actually get into and start to feel it, are there any tools um, that you can give or any advice that you can offer about how people can actually start to feel safe within themselves to actually start to do that and feel okay with feeling it? Yeah, yeah, very good. That is the number one thing that we ultimately are all seeking is safety. and. Um, uh, learning that you have control, like to create, to know how to create safety in times when things may not feel safe is about getting congruency, um, in our body, our mind and our body language, right? There has to be a congruency of safety for us to trust that we can go into the body and let go of controlling it with our ego, with our mind. And so it's three parts. First one is, um, how would you sit if you were safe, right? Compared to how you would sit if you were scared, right? When someone is scared, they sit curled up, right? They're protecting their body. When someone is safe, um, like someone who's sitting and meditating, right? They're, they're sitting open. Their, 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 their back is straight. Their palms are facing up, like as if you're receiving something, not, you know, preparing to punch someone, right? So sit with your palms up, your back straight, chest is open, right? That is like saying as a physically demonstrating, I'm safe, right? Next thing is the breath. So when people are scared, they, uh, or panic, they either hold their breath, right? They freeze. Yeah. Or they breathe into their chest. And, and you know, usually heavy or intense into the chest. And when a person feels safe, it's, it's, in, it's in the belly and the diaphragm. And it's very 
um, rhythmical, right? Just like inhale, exhale. Yeah. Right? So now the breath, we know that we're breathing as if we are safe. And the last part is what are you saying to yourself? Because whatever you're telling yourself is creating the next action, right? Like when we say, oh, I'm thirsty. You go and you pick up a drink and you drink it, right? So if you're like, this isn't working, I'm scared, I can't feel anything, da-da-da. Yeah, so this is the most important key of the three, right? For sure, the language and the focus, yeah. So, And, and I call all this priming safety. You know how if you're going to repaint the wall from gray to white, you would have to prime, put primer on it first. Same thing, before we can move from being stuck in our heads and our monkey mind and the chaos into our body let's prime safety so palm is up bringing the breath down into our belly taking deep breaths and something i like to do to help people move if they are stuck with their breath being in their chest or tight is start with an exhale and exhale all the air out through the mouth because you could push more out and you're just going to push it all out. And when you think you don't have more to empty out, empty more out. Now start with an inhale into the belly. Oh, so much easier. Yeah. Up the diaphragm, all the way up your spine to the top of your head. And of course, you're not literally breathing to the top of your head, but imagining that and then letting it go and again, all the way out. And this helps to be a good reset for people that are stuck in, in their chest with it. Mm, that's a really great, easy tool for people to use. Yeah. So do that twice, right? All the way out, all the way in, all the way out, all the way in, and then soften it back to normal, like Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. All right, so we have palms up, we have the breath good. Now the mantras. Now repeat to yourself, I am safe. And breathe. I am safe to be in my body. And breathe. I am safe to experience this. I am safe to feel. I am safe and keep repeating it until you feel your whole system relax and you find and you'll feel yourself drop out of your head into your body and then and then track for the obvious sensations from how your feet feel on the floor on your socks to how the cushion feels your butt feels on the cushion of the couch or the chair or the bed and how held you are by that to the sensation of your back against the chair to your ribs expanding as you inhale and contracting as you exhale right so now you're in your body you're being with the what I call safe sensations, right? What, what you can at any time, if you feel overwhelmed in, uh, in, in going into the emotion, the yucky, stuck sensations, you can always then tune into the other parts of your body that are 
good. And this helps to show people that it's not all of you. It's not all parts of you that are having this experience. It's just a part of you, right? It's not all of you, just one part. The rest is good. So let the rest hold that part. So that's what I call priming safety. And so then once people have that and they feel safer, that's when they could go in to try and actually experience the sensation of the, you know, emotion or whatever they're feeling. So let's just say, you know, someone is very anxious, which, you know, is a big thing that a lot of people are noticing from everything going on, whether they're watching the news too much or they know someone who may have the virus and they're worried about them. Maybe they're worried about themselves getting it. Maybe they're worried about what's going on with their job or getting enough food or whatever it may be. And, you know, I think that there's obviously a lot of things that people can worry about right now. So once they are primed and they're in that safe place, how do you recommend that they proceed to be able to feel that worry, anxiety, and fear that they're experiencing? Visualize that little boy or little girl, right? Little you, your inner child, as I like to call it. And that inner child is walking towards you and you grab their hand and you're their safety, right? You're the, okay, safe, you come to me. And they say to you, I'm, I'm anxious. And there's for you to accept, right? Going back to the suffering is the pushing away, not wanting to accept. To accept that this is what this little one is experiencing. And so connecting with that little one holding their hand and accepting that that's the experience. And so accepting it and saying it, I am anxious. And repeating it until you feel where you are holding that, where you're feeling that, sensing that in your body. I'm scared. I am anxious. Continuing to breathe, continue to create safety, right? Most likely there'll be some story that comes up around it, that's been feeding it. Take that story like, oh my God, and what if it's like this for another five months and we can't pay our bills and we lose our house, right? Most likely it's spinning in there and bring that all down, drain that all from the head down into the body. Like, yup, that is like the full experience. I'm afraid of losing my home. So now it's not only I'm anxious, now it's I'm afraid, right? And so it helps to keep connecting to it from the sensation because it actually does start with a sensation. It just goes so fast, so fast from sensation to labeled emotion to good or bad, if it's bad, to our head, how can we figure this out? Or if it's bad, we feed it more and then it gets stuck there right? So the key is to keep pulling it and accepting whatever the next layer. This is the little boy or little girl saying this to you. I'm afraid. Okay. They're afraid. I can be with that. I am afraid. I'm scared. What if I lose my house? And then Mm -hmm. what if my kids don't have, okay, I'm also afraid. Yeah. And keep pulling that and keep acknowledging it. Now, once you tune into wherever you're feeling that in your body, be with it, just like being with that little boy or little girl. 
there, be with it with curiosity. So wherever you're feeling it, whether it's tightness in your chest or a ball in your, in, in your stomach, right? Uh, okay, describe it. So it have a temperature, a color, a texture, a size, a vibration. Is it moving? And keep observing it. Keep being with it. Nothing to change or fix. Remember, that little boy or girl just needed your presence, your love, and your acceptance. So you want to be with this sensation at the level of sensation with love, acceptance, curiosity, and your presence. So laser beam focus. How much can you focus on it as if it's the only part of you? And again, if you experience overwhelm, then go back to sensing some other safe part. Repeat, I am safe, right? Prime yourself again and go back and see what's there. And what you'll find is when you keep being with it, it's going to start to talk to you more. It's going to feel safe. And it's either going to dissipate or it's going to tell you more things for you to then be like, okay, there's also fear there. There's also scarcity there. Okay, I can be with that. And it may start to tell you like your little boy or little girl do what it needs. And how much can, like, I, I, I really... I need to know that I'm safe. I need touch. I need a hug. So you can even picture yourself and imagine that child standing in front of you. Pick them up and hug yourself. Caress your arms. I know it may sound silly. Can I tell you how many grown masculine men I've seen? I've clients of mine I've taken through this and as soon as they hold themselves and give themselves a hug, they break down and cry. <laughs> So it's very powerful, right? We all wish we can get a hug right now. Well, guess what? You can. You can give yourself that hug, that touch. There's, um, again, going back to body language, the body language of giving ourselves a hug and caressing our arms is such a loving, accepting energy that then gives permission for that child to let go if they're holding on to tears or scream, right? It gives permission. Yeah. Because That's why you pick up your kid. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say so many of us just have never gotten that permission as little kids, which is why, you know, what you're saying is so important and doing that to yourself and your little boy or girl, you know, is, is giving that for the many years that they probably haven't gotten it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what happens is when you stop the judgment, which you probably learned, right. And you just come from love and acceptance and safety and permission a lot, of, a lot of times they'll have a good cry or a good scream, right? And if whatever you're having to feel into is beyond the current circumstances of this coronavirus and it's something you've been holding on to forever and it's so painful and so scary, 
think of yourself as a child that didn't have language or logic mind. How would you know that child is sad or so scared or it's so painful? They would scream and cry. Yeah. And so giving ourselves permission to emote the experience, especially when it's so much, it is so much that it feels so overwhelming that you can't hold it anymore. You have to let it out. You have to let out a good scream. And if you're worried about your neighbors or your roommate, scream into a pillow or allow yourself to have that good cry. And what you'll find is 90 seconds of that. And then you're like a calm baby again. So again, sometimes that may be how deep it is. And sometimes it may be sitting with it, accepting it, accepting it, and it's a tight ball in your stomach and you, and it starts to loosen up and it dissipates. Um, and other forms of release, by the way, not just uh, crying and screaming, are burping, yawning. Oh, interesting. Burp- Never yeah, thought about I, burping. Yep. Oh, it is. I've had clients at my retreats or in my virtual program um, burp nonstop. I think the record was four hours. Actually, no, I had a client that continued burping um, for about 24 hours. Maybe it wasn't every minute, but I have had clients burp. Again, imagine stuffing something down, right? So there's this like pocket of air you're stuffing down that as soon as you break the seal, maybe it's a screen that breaks the seal, that energy can be released. Yeah. And burping is a very popular form. Mm-hmm. So is yawning. I'm talking yawning where it's like, it's, it's, you're consistently yawning mm-hmm. and yawning and yawning and yawning. Um, uh, breaking out into sweat, right? So getting hot or you're holding the heat and then you finally let it go and you sweat. Um, shaking, if, you're, if your body starts twitching or, t- or tremoring. Um, and then the, the best case scenario, the fun one, laughing attacks. I have definitely had those as releases, which turn into crying that it would be like laughing uncontrollably to then like hysterically crying. It feels so good. And then after it's over, you're like, oh my God, I'm a new person. This is amazing. Yeah. Yes. yes. Those are, that's the, that's the best one. Cause some of you just need to feel more joy in your bones. You've been, you've been holding it tight, squeezing it tight, right? Yeah. Like rigid. I think a lot of people that are rigid um, experience uh, uh, laughing releases. So wanted to give those listening just that context. So it may, all the different ways um, that you may release and experience, uh, experience the energy move and shift. Yeah. And, you know, I know you mentioned that it takes 90 seconds to feel a feeling. Um, but with some of this, you know, I'm assuming depending on how deep it is or what people have going on, it might take a little bit longer or how long do you recommend that people sit with it? Facilitating this is one thing. And, you know, it's best if you allow yourself to be facilitated through this, especially in the beginning, because we do have layers of resistance. Um, but my advice and practice would be that anything that pops up in your mind that you think is not part of the experience actually is the next layer of the experience. 
So I had a client I was working with the other day and she's like, I'm just, I'm, I don't know, I'm feeling numb. I go, yeah, feel that. Feel what you imagine numbness would feel like, right? Because what happens is our mind keeps creating these barriers and saying, no, 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 by giving language to it. And it's fine to, to, to hear the language, but bring the language down back into the body as energy, right? And so, oh, like, I'm res- I don't know, I feel like I'm resisting this. Okay, well, then I am resisting. Feel that. Mm-hmm. So you just follow it along, essentially. You keep following it along and accepting whatever said as it is working. This is it, as opposed to this must not be working. This isn't the experience. No, this is working. This is the next layer. It's like uh, if you're digging in the dirt and you hit a rock, you're not just going to be like, oh, that's it. You're just going to, well, move that rock. Okay, there's a rock. So acknowledging all that's coming up. Um, and uh, when I say 90 seconds, I feel that that's when you're finally there. And um, a lot of times you will experience one of those forms of, re- of release. And uh, yeah, you may yawn for more than 90 seconds. I think the 90 seconds is more for like the crying or screaming you know the the feeling when it when it feels like so much I think a lot of people uh, we avoid the ones that are like oh but it's so painful that like I'm scared to open up Pandora's box because what if I get sucked into it and what I want to tell you is once you open up Pandora's box it's 90 seconds mm-hmm. right so it's for the ones that really feel like if it feels so much so overwhelming go into it let it be ex- expressed as if you were a 4 month old that doesn't have language yet and you won't be crying for 5 hours <laughs> now for those of you that are criers um uh Someone may say, yeah, but I cry all the time. Most likely you're pity partying, right? Like you're indulging, you're feeding how you're feeling with more story as opposed to giving it love for what it is. That's a good point. And so you can get you can get sucked into it. It's like the like imagine your kid drowning in a muddy pool. Um, you just want to connect with that kid, like lock arms and pull the kid out, right? So you want to connect to the part of you that feels that way and be with it so that it can come out as opposed to jumping in the shit pool with it and letting it overwhelm and take over everywhere. Um, so that's something I, 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 when I see my clients, I could feel when they're like indulging in it. And I'm just like, remember, this is just a part of you, not all of you. And um, so you, if someone feels so overwhelmed that you can't stop panicking, like you're in a panic, uh, remember to, you can come back to the safety of the parts of you um, that are grounded, like your feet and your butt, right? And, and your breath. Um, and that helps to come out of that intense overwhelm. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And, you know, sometimes I know for me personally, and I've had certain releases where 
you know, I had a really good cry and it might've been, you know, maybe a minute or two. And then kind of felt like, you know what, like there's something else still left in there, but it was like, not a pity party. Like saying it was like an actual physical feeling, you know, and I'm like, something else needs to come out, you know, and I could feel that I'm like, oh, there's some more in there, you know, and it could be another couple of minutes or whatnot. And then you kind of just know when it's out. I don't know how to explain it really, but it almost just like dissipates in a way. You do, you do. And I could see it with my clients and I'll, and I'll say, is there, and, and the question you can ask yourself is like, how do I, what am I experiencing now? How do I feel now? Oh, I feel calm. I feel spacious. I feel an opening, like as if you pulled the weed out and there's room to plant something new. Right. And that's where you can ask yourself, well, what's possible now what's available now that wasn't before right you came into this thing this experience with some concern worry feeling and you felt it all the way through what's available and possible and it's not something to seek as an answer in your head you'll 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 know there'll be room for it you'll you'll feel it it could be as simple as safe to feel my feelings or I am safe. I love myself. I can be with myself. I can be with pain. I can be with sad, right? It could be as simple as that to, you know, I'm enough. I'm worthy. I trust myself. Um, so some declaration, some new way of being is going to come out of this. Because all, all you are is a human being right? So there's some way you are being, you are behaving. And so with this, you can create a new way of behaving. And it's an important step. It's an important step to identify what's possible now. What do I want to plant in my garden now? And you declare that. Whatever that is, is a declaration. It's an affirmation. And you want to repeat that affirmation. You want to start a list of all the affirmations. These are the sayings that are going to support you, right? I'm safe. The world is abundant. Um, you know, I, I love myself. I have everything I need. I am grateful. I am supported. And then like any seed that you plant in a garden, it's not enough to just plant it. You have to tend to it. You have to water it. And so if you make a new declaration. Um, think of yourself like an actor. If you edit your script and, and edit this in, you have to start acting like it. You have to act in alignment with that. And so a great next step after that is what's an action that if, if, who, if I was coming from being this new declaration, how would I act? What can I take action on? How can I make this real in the world as, as opposed to just in my head on paper? Yeah. So I wanted to ask you what some examples of that would be. So meaning, let's just say, kind of going back to our initial example of someone, you know, feeling a lot of fear and a lot of worry and, you know, it's mostly in their head. So then they go in and they do this exercise where, you know, they feel within and perhaps they may feel like a tension in their chest and maybe they have a release of burping or crying or laughing or just some kind of a tremble or something. Right. And so they feel a little bit lighter. Right. And then let's just say that their declaration is, okay, well, um, 
not going to be scared anymore. Though, of course, ideally they would do it in a more positive way, not a negative. Very good point. Yeah. Like I'm safe or that I'm healthy, you know, because I think a lot of people right now are nervous about getting the virus and what would happen if they get it. So the declaration could be my immune system is strong, right? I'm healthy. So then with that, what are some of action things that they can do? Like how can they make that a reality? So first of all, I want to touch on something that you said there. That's very important. These declarations must be in the positive, not the negation. If I say to you guys right now, don't think of a pink elephant. (laughs) What did you think about? A pink elephant. Right? If, If you send your husband to the store and he says, honey, what do you want me to get? And you say, don't get hot dogs. You're not really giving him direction of what you want, right? And so very important that we are declaring what we want as opposed to what we don't. And if you notice that you write down, well, I don't want to be sick, and you're like stuck in how to create this into an affirmation, then the next question to ask yourself, okay, well, if I wasn't this, what would I be? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that'll get you to the positive, right? Well, if I wasn't sick, I'd be healthy. Oh, okay. So what I really want is I am healthy. So if you were walking around as the character, as the person of, of health, how does a person of health act? What are some of their actions? Okay, gotcha. So maybe they're walking with their back, you know, shoulders relaxed, their back straight, they're walking, you know, briskly. They're walking. Well, they're, and they're walking, yes, they're not laying down. <laughs> they're, they're exercising. How are they eating? Are they like binging on pizza every night and wine? No. No, right? So they're making healthy choices in what they buy during isolation. Yeah. And then probably also what they're thinking and what they're focusing on. Yep. I'm healthy. So body, mind, and spirit, right? Okay. So what would a person that is healthy body? Oh, well, they make sure to get movement every day. Oh, maybe even, oh, well, what else could I do? Maybe even breath work or let me Google and see what other options are there to be, have a strong immune system. You can get ideas on Google. Google still is still is not in isolation, right? And like same thing for the mind and same thing for the soul. Um, so yeah, that's that's how to do it. Think of like your life is a movie and this is the character. And so if the character is a healthy person, um, what would we see in the scenes? We'd see them exercising, eating healthy, getting good sleep, like making healthy choices. And this is what we can control. Mm -hmm. This is what we can control, especially during times is how we act and what we tell ourselves is something that we have control over. Definitely. And you would probably agree with this, that if someone perhaps maybe is not in exactly the shape they want to be or in the health they want to be now, you know, obviously they want to take the right steps, but they also want to see themselves in the way that they ideally would want to be versus where they are, where they don't want to go. Right. Yeah. So I have an exercise for that, (laughs) not a physical one, but (laughs) a a writing exercise. Right. So you grab, and, and this is good for a lot of things when, um, you, you know, you want something, but knowing it isn't enough. So then there's clearly a block in the way. And if there's a block in a way, it's it's an emotional block. And so you want to take it to the practice that we just um, went through. But how do I identify what the block is? So bring bring pen to paper, right? And recognizing that there's different voices in your head. There's different parts of you. 
there's a part of you, and you guys are all familiar with this one, called your inner critic that's saying, you should be, you can't, you're not enough, right? It's judging you. <laughs> and then you have your ego, which wants to be right. So those of you right now that are stuck with your loved ones and you're fighting all the time and you feel that you're, you're right, they're wrong, um, right? That's the ego. The ego wants to be right. It wants to judge others. It's going to, it's going to avoid the internal and look at the external world to feel better than, right? It's going to compete to be better than. Then you have your inner child, which is your emotions. Everyone now is familiar with that, right? Anything that you are feeling, experiencing. Um, and then you have your heart, which is your wants, your desires, right? So I, I want to lose weight. I want to be in the best shape of my life. Mm -hmm. And so the problem is that these parts, I want you to picture that they're all guests at your dinner table. But this is an Italian dinner, Italian family, and um, <laughs> they're all talking over each other. <laughs> and the loudest person is the only one that you hear. And this is what's happening to a lot of us in our heads is we not only get stuck in our heads, but we get stuck only listening to one part of us. And it's usually not the heart. It's usually the others and uh, usually the, you know, the inner critic or the, the ego. Imagine that you are that um, person in the courthouse. I forget what their name is, what their role is, that captures everything, right? Everything that is being said, they're typing up as it's, as it's being said. And so I want you to bring whatever this thing is that's swarming in your head, that's keeping you up at night, that you're trying to figure out, but you're trying to figure it out in your head. And again, they're all yelling at e over each other and bring it to paper. And what you're going to do is you're just, again, you're that person in the courthouse. As it pops up in your head, you're writing it down. So it's not necessarily going to be full sentences and there's no need to filter. You're just dumping out as you're hearing it. So you're bringing that inner dialogue onto a piece of paper or your journal and you just keep going and going and going and going until, until you feel you're done. Okay. Now you can go back and you can read it and you can start to differentiate who spoke where. And the only ones you're interested in listening and in, in identifying is your inner child and your heart. By writing it down, you're acknowledging all of them, right? You've listened to all, you've captured all the information. You go back and go ahead and, you know, circle the anywhere that you that you're hearing uh, a feeling or I you know I'm feeling this way or you know I'm scared right anywhere that it's it's an emotion you're like okay there's my inner child and anywhere that there's a, a, a I want or I desire that's actually what's important to you right so for example if you're like fighting with your partner about something um, like, why do I have to keep doing the dishes and you make them wrong for being messy? That's the ego making the wrong. What you really want is to be appreciated when you do all the dishes. You just want to thank you, right? But you may get stuck judging and yelling um, at them for not doing it again. And that's not really what it's about for you. So once you identify those, you go tend to the child first. 
you move through whatever emotions you identified in the practice that we just went through. And what you'll find is once you move through that and you clear that out, it's much easier to access the heart. So again, think of this like your son, like your child, right? For those of you that are parents, children always want to play, but when they're moody, sad, upset, angry, when their emotions are off, they don't want to play. Yeah. They want to move through this feeling. And as soon as they do, what do they want to do? Play again. Play again. Yeah. So same thing with us. So your wants, your desires, your heart, what's blocking you from accessing that is um, those is is that inner child. So feel that. So then there's nothing in the way of you creating and playing again. We're all in isolation right now. Some of us are wanting to be creative and we can't. If you're stuck, if you're blocked and you know you want to create something, you don't even know what that thing may be, or you do know you want to write that book that you've been meaning to for a while, but you're anxious and you're scared, move through all those emotions first and you'll, you'll access your creativity again. And this is how we move from the survival and the suffering to creation and freedom. Mm, That's so powerful. Most importantly, it's a lot more accessible than I think most people realize. You know, it's something that we all can do and it's available to all of us. Yep. And there's the freedom. I think the freedom that people think that they're seeking is is something outside of them, financial freedom or, you know, that this coronavirus ends and that until all that happens, you don't have freedom. And really it's freedom you can access by just giving yourself permission to be with exactly what is happening and you're free. You're not denying it anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's so helpful. Thank you so much. And another thing I wanted to ask you just as we wrap up here is gratitude. I mean, gratitude is such a powerful way that can shift states. And, you know, I talk about gratitude and the importance of that in many of the episodes, but I know you have a practice that you like as well. And if you could share that. Yeah, for sure. I'll give a a quick synopsis and I have more on this on my, on my website. Um, So I want you to think of gratitude, like, um, well, all of us have had popcorn, right? And I'm sure majority of us have made our own popcorn at times. And you know whether you're putting a bag in the microwave, which I hope you're not, or you're making it on the stove, at first it's just like pop, 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 and then it goes to pop, 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 right? And so I coined this term uh, a bunch of years ago as I was experiencing this myself, uh, something that I was really grateful for during a, a struggling moment for me popped into my awareness. And I say, you know what? Thank you. And I said the thank you out loud. And then suddenly another thought popped, another memory, another person, another thing popped in my mind. And I said, thank you again out loud. And then another thing was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so this is the practice. The practice is go create some popcorn gratitude some gratitude popcorn. By the time I was done, I was, I felt like I was high. You can get (laughs) high on thank yous. It's a very powerful vibration to say thank you and to say it out loud. 
So again, what the practice looks like is you're just going to sit and you're going to allow something that you're grateful for to pop into your awareness. And it could be anything from this podcast in this moment to the yummy dinner you had last night to, you know, your best friend from eighth grade, right? To something from chat, like there's no timeline on it. Anything is open, right? And as it pops in your, in your memory, in your mind, you just say, thank you. And then you wait for the next one. And again, it may start off a little slow, like popcorn, but eventually it'll keep coming and see if you could set a timer for two minutes and allow yourself to just pop and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's so important for us to remember right now in this time of uncertainty that we've been here before. It's never looked like this, but we've recovered and we will recover from this and we will survive and we will thrive again. And so therefore we are supported and that there's things that we already can be grateful for. We have a home that we still have food that we hopefully all have toilet paper. (laughs) Um, And for those of you that, that don't, and then you knock on your neighbor's door and they give you one, Suddenly you get to be grateful for that. There we go. This this moment of time right now is having us all be grateful for things that we took for granted for so long. Yeah. So everyone go have some gratitude popcorn. It's unlimited. Guilt free. I love it. (laughs) Full of gratitude instead. Oh my gosh. I love that. Uh, Thank you so much, Anat. This has been so helpful. So many great ideas here. Um, Thanks so much for sharing this. Now, for those that want to contact you or connect with you, how can people find you? Yeah, so my website is trainingcampforthesoul.com. And um, I have a little uh, freedom guide in there that you can that you can get. And if you want more information, you want to hop on a discovery call with myself and my team, find out about our uh, virtual program and um, our hopefully retreats again one day. Um, and also on Instagram, um, as well as Facebook, although I'm not as active on Facebook. So Instagram, Perry, and definitely you can private message me on there and uh, I will support. Thank you. And I know you're really good with your DMs and, you know, you engage with your audience really, really well. And I'll post all of this in the show notes as always for you guys. So you have this information. Anat, thank you. Thank you so much again for being here. I love this conversation. Um, so many helpful ideas here and tips. And you know, I think it's going to be something that people can really take away and, and do right away. So thank you again. Thanks so much. Thanks guys for tuning in. I know that so many people are feeling stressed and anxious right now, and I hope you could try some of these exercises to help you feel the sensations of your emotions. This will prevent these emotions from staying in the body and you should feel a shift. Keep me posted on how things are going, and if you need any help or support, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm here to help. You can reach me via email at hello at healthmysterysolve.com. Also, I'm available on Instagram. I'm at Ina Toppler, or you can click the contact tab on my website. My team and I do read and reply to each and every email that comes in. It may take us a few days because we get a lot of emails, but we will get back to you and we are here. 
If you found this episode helpful and know someone that could benefit from this information, please share this episode with them and make sure you subscribe to the show so that you automatically get all the new shows because the next topic or health mystery I uncover could be one you or someone you love is dealing with right now. As always, when it comes to your health issues, please don't give up. The answers are out there and my goal is to show you as many possibilities as I can. You are not alone and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.